As you struggle to get up this morning to go back out into the chilly cold, the rain definitely not helping with that. How many alarms do you have set? Ames with AJ on VFX. I asked because I found out yesterday the average person sets four different alarms to wake up, which I got to be honest, I guess doesn't completely blow my mind, but I was a little bit surprised because I've always been in a one and done guy. Now, don't get me wrong. I definitely snooze, but I feel like, well, I was going to say, I feel like if you have to set four alarms, I might say something, but hey, better, better to protect yourself because, you know, power goes out, whatever it is, you've got four different ones, hopefully, though. I think the curious thing is, uh, are they all on your phone? Because I think most people, right, have moved over to that because I haven't. I tried it first stretch when I first got here in Utah. And I didn't hear it like two mornings in a row and was late. And I was like, nope, going back to the old analog, the old clock. And that's what I've got. FYI, uh, tomorrow, you might want to set it a little extra on because apparently the day we're most likely to hit snooze is on Wednesday. But almost a third of people do it as a, or excuse me, two thirds of people do it as a more, as part of their morning routine, which I do. I know you're not supposed to. My thought has always been that if I could wake myself up and then just kind of snooze for a little bit, at least I've woken myself up so I don't I don't get deep sleep. I just snooze, get a little extra Z. So, like, I wake up early, and then I'll set it for, like, half an hour later. And my thought process is I've actually woken up, and I'm not in REM sleep, so there's no way I could sleep through it. I'm going to get up. I'm pretty sure that's bad, and I'm pretty sure that's not how it actually works, but that's how I operate. But maybe if I just set 45 alarms... <laughs> The thing that blows my mind about alarms actually in my house is the fact that I got that alarm clock, right? It's not kind at all, right? It's a car horn. It's meant to be a grating sound that wakes you up. My girlfriend Ashley will not, absolutely will not get up for it. Hers wakes me up pretty much every time because I always pass her her phone because I sleep next to it. She does not get up to mine. So like if, if, I'm, if I'm not feeling it that day and I don't wake up, doesn't matter. She's not either. But it didn't make any sense. I think if she was she was on board, she would wake up to it too, and then we'd be copacetic, like team player, right? <laughs> <sighs> so that limb lengthening surgery, speaking of annoying, if you find yourself not tall enough, that limb lengthening surgery could be an option. It's becoming more and more prevalent. But obviously, it's a, an extreme situation. What I didn't realize, and I guess I should have, is that there's actually some tricks to make yourself appear taller? Obviously, a lame lengthening procedure is an extreme solution to, I don't want to say a minuscule problem. There's obviously people who probably would benefit from it, but I would say a smaller problem. Abs with AJ on VFX. Don't get me wrong. If you couldn't ride certain roller coasters, all right, I'm on board. I'm on board with it. But I, what I was thinking about is, would it be great to go from like 6'1", 6'2", to like 6'7", yeah, I mean, all of a sudden, your boy's got a rebirth here as a possible backup uh, basketball player somewhere. My small small amount, but I mean, come on, six seven, they don't grow on trees. But I was reading there are actually tricks to appear taller, and I was like, okay, I was curious. Do I accidentally do any of these? Ames with AJ on VFX. Jamie's on the line. Jamie, what is your uh, little little trick that you use to always appear taller? Well, I always wear heels even my speakers right. have an elevated heel you wouldn't catch me walking around with flats on as long as no one sees me without my shoes on they would never guess how short i am <laughs> okay i i'm sure that's a, that's probably a pretty common one my question would be like how long can you 
can you do it? Because if there's one thing I know about heels, you get an extended evening of doing whatever. Heck, you go to a wedding, those things don't stay on all, the whole time. But I definitely do feel that because I wear my Vans a lot, and there's not obviously a lot of support there because it's more for the look. So those ones, my, my foot is flat on the ground all the time. But, man, the second I put on some tennis shoes or something, because of the cushioning, you do get a little bit of a boost. I just don't wear them very often anymore. So I feel like I've actually shrunk down to my real height as opposed to if I was to put those shoes on. I'd be like, man, whoa, who let the giant in the building? That being said, I'm not going to go buy, like, elevation things to stick into my shoes or any of those lifts to put in my shoes. Is there anything else? We got Alex on the line. Alex, fella to fella, how would you appear taller? I wear a lot of vertical stripes. I think the optical illusion route work? is the only way to go. Okay. There's no way I would do a limb lifting procedure or anything okay. like that. I don't get why people would make such a big deal about height. It doesn't change how people act towards you. I mean, I think there's some debatable merit there, Alex, but you said you wear... You wear the stripes to appear taller. Did that actually work though? Because like, right, darker colors appear more slimming. I'm I'm on board with that. I subscribe. Did you look most of my wardrobe darker? I'm on board with it. But do do vertical stripes actually make you appear to be taller? That's interesting. Is there a way to test that? Can you, is there like a website I can go to to look at? Like, all right, here's the guy normally. Now here's the guy with stripes. I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, he looks a little bit taller. That's crazy. I don't think I own anything with a ton of stripes because you're not. What is it? If you're if you're bigger, you're not supposed to wear horizontal stripes because it makes you. I mean, it makes sense, right? If vertical makes you appear to go up, horizontal stripes would make you appear to go out. In which case, why would you ever wear horizontal stripes? Who's like, man? I really wish I could appear wider. I don't feel like that's anything anyone's ever been like. Yeah, I'm, I want to be able to take up some more space in case a bear comes out. You know, I want to get as wide as possible. Never happened. Never happened. Hmm. Well, this is all back to puberty when we wish we could have shot up just a few more inches. And you know, I realized back at puberty when everybody was getting their first jobs. Which <laughs> way to say it? That was the that was the golden day of getting discounts because everybody had those jobs where you could like get you in for free pizza or get you some discounts on bowling games. You get the adult jobs; they're just they don't really exist anymore. So that's why the question is: Do you have someone that you're able to not take advantage of, but they've got the hookup for you? I'm not saying the only reason, and I definitely wouldn't say the main reason, but is it part of the idea of building up your your social network in terms of your friends and stuff? So if you need a favor and they're in position to get a favor, you can have one. You know what I mean? Like discounts, like people work certain places. I know early on in jobs, that is absolutely the case. AMs with AJ on VFX, it's the debated eight. Buddy of mine dated a girl who worked at Chuck E. Cheese. Guess who got free tokens? Shh, we're not supposed to tell anybody still. But yeah, another buddy of mine, his first job forever was working at a bowling alley. We got discounted games. Like, that's the whole reason. I'm not saying you become friends with anybody based off of that, but even in high school, I think there's still standards where you can be like, well, you know, I mean, even in college, like you make, I had a friend, <laughs> a friend I stayed acquainted with. That sounds terrible. He was a nice enough guy. We were never super close in high school, but we, we were we were cool. And when we went to college, we stayed in the same town, and he worked at my favorite pizza place, and he was nice enough that he would give me discounts still, and we'd chit-chat. Like, that was what it was all about. And so, I ironically, I feel like I was never that person, so I had to live on the other side because there were plenty of people when I got involved in radio who were like, that's a cool job, but, like, I don't care. And I was like, okay, whatever. And then once I got into a position where I was in control of concert tickets, everybody was like, hey, man. Like, I kid you not. I kid you not. I had a parent 
not going to say which one, but I had a parent that was, uh, they were supportive, but they were like, okay, whatever. And then I got put in charge of a country station at my first job. And all of a sudden I was in charge of all the tickets. I, that same week, the same week I got the promotion and I was explaining the responsibilities of the job. They're like, Hey, so, so and so's birthday's coming up. And if you could get tickets, that'd be pretty cool. It was like that fast. It was lovely. And the reason I thought of it is because uh, I have two friends that have gotten proposed, talking about my buddy getting married, and immediately, immediately, he is handling pretty much his entire tux order through our buddy that runs a tux shop. And look, I love that guy to death. Yes, am I going to use him? Yeah, absolutely. My brothers use him. This guy's use him. The other guy that's got proposed use him. Like, we're all going to use him. But I was like, I was like oh, yeah, that's well, the, the connections that were for discounts have kind of fallen off there. I need to reestablish some decent ones because then you start getting into those full-time jobs. Like and if you, you work at a bank. You have a friend that works at a bank. I start working in an office. Like, ah, oh, well, I don't think you'll be able to hook me up with stocks or free money out of the vault here. So this has kind of gone the other way. But it's nice to know that there's still one that exists. And I was curious if you had anybody that you still were able to use for discounts because I think once you get into those more big boy jobs, kind of gets harder to do so, right? Which, you know, honestly, after talking about it, explaining how when I first got into radio, like nobody cared. And then when I had control of concert tickets, all of a sudden everybody was my best friend. It's one of those things now or now after laying that all out, it's like, is it my responsibility to hook people up? Because those discounts just don't exist very often. Because like, for instance, my mom works in medical billing. My stepmom works at a semi-truck construction factory. My dad works at delivering medical billing. My brother works at the laboratory of a hospital. My sister wants to be a police officer. There may be some perks there, but she ain't there yet. And my youngest sister probably going to do something else in medicine. I'm like, what are the bit? Nobody's over there. Like, here's a one free surgery. We got you hooked up because you you friends with. Ain't gonna work that way. So now I feel like it's re- I'm responsible for hooking up the discounts and. Uh, I don't know that I want to bite that bullet. <laughs> Speaking actually of a free surgery, um, not not all men. But a lot of men at times have a little bit of paranoia about being caught in vulnerable positions. Like perhaps the woman who got arrested for running into a men's room at a bar and stabbing someone in the butt. Men, men have thought about that. They've, they've, they, they, they swerved the perimeter before. They've done that. That's just one of the Florida nights. There's a reason that when I have to walk past people, like say in a movie theater, right? So if I have to get up and walk past people... Facing the chairs, backside facing the chairs, not people, because I'm terrified someone might try and stab me. AMs with AJ at VFX. I'm not making it up. It's a legitimate guy fear, so that's why at headline number one, a woman is arrested after she ran into a men's room at a bar, stabbed a guy twice in the butt while he was using the urinals, and then ran back out. Legitimate fear come to life. Now, got to be on high alert yet again. Headline number two, Florida man breaks it. A man breaks into a home, cooks and eats pizza while inside. So close. Only happened a couple times. That guy just stealed some me time. Don't be wrong. Actually, I got to be honest, as upset as I would be that someone broke into my home, because that would definitely instill a little bit of a panic, much like getting stabbed in the butt, but definitely instill a little bit of a panic, like... Me and oven food, like Ashley and I buy that as a way, like when we're like, we don't want to cook. It's a little bit of soul food for us. Not quite the same as some of the best dishes, right? Because it's processed and frozen or whatever. But it's a little bit. To come up and find that my pizza has been eaten would probably be the thing that upsets me the most. The question is, which stories from Florida 
Yeah, I don't know how you're going to figure that out because they're both <laughs> stupid. <laughs> Myself included, obviously. Kudos to the police. It's story number one that had to take that police report because while I'm sure police officers, a lot of places have heard some whoppers in their day, Abe's with AJ Florida on VFX, I still can't help but to think it'd be like, okay, this is a little bit ridiculous. Like, we got to listen here and not laugh because it's story number one. A dude was in a bar, decided to use the bathroom. And the rule is the dudes are supposed to look forward if there are other dudes that you don't know. Every other, every other one, right? Look forward. Don't be weird about it. However, if the dude is by himself, you will see him. He will check the perimeter. This guy did not check the perimeter well enough, though, or <laughs> did and then let his guard down because a woman came and stabbed him twice in the butt and then ran out. Luckily, he was able to get a picture of her car. They tracked her down. She's since been arrested, and he required stitches, but nothing too serious. But that is a legitimate man fear in a lot of places, not just at the urinal, but a lot, a lot of places. So, high alert, fellas. Someone out there is doing it, and we need to be aware. Story number two, a man broke into a home, cooked himself some pizza, and ate it while he was inside. Stole a little bit of cash before cooking and eating the pizza, and then thought while I was there, well, this was way easier than uh, than I thought it was going to be. Uh, I think I've earned a little, a little reward, if I don't mind. Had time to preheat the oven, cook it, eat it, and leave before he had to be tracked down. And to this point, has not been caught because he got away. That's so, again, I'm, I'm legitimately, yes, would I be angry that my house was broken into and my cash was stolen? Yes. However, oven food, as Ashley and I call it, all the stuff you get that's frozen or whatever and you got to put in and, and let it cook, uh, is a little bit soul food, but it's our food that we have when we're just like, want to chill. And to come and find home that somebody had had taken my pizza, 15. I'm at a 15. Would be so angry about it. And then terrifying to find out that that guy was able to get away, which means he's probably going to come back. So lure him in there with frozen pizzas and then trap him. So with all that being said, both of those stupid. Because there's no, there's no motive to story number one. Nobody has any idea. They didn't talk to each other. Just an unmotivated crime to stab that dude in the butt. With that being said, I have no idea how you'd be able to figure out which story is from Florida and which one isn't, given that there's no old people, there's no alligators, and of course, there's 100% uh, a little bit of stupidity both ways, but, you know, unfortunately, when someone lets the cat out of the bag, you say, yeah, I think it's story number two. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, just go back and check the podcast, (laughs) because I wasn't going to remove my idiocy. Florida or not on BFX. Um, so we get to play a game every once in a while called Am I Crazy? Where brave souls like yourselves leave us voicemails and then we determine whether or not we think that opinion is nuts. And I got to be honest, the apathy that I feel in the attitude expressed in the Am I Crazy voicemail today, I'm with it. Most. Most, if not all of us, have at least one streaming service, right? Netflix, Amazon, Apple TV, Hulu, whatever it is. There's a bajillion of them now. Paramount Plus, HBO Max, whatever it is, we at least have one, right? Aims with AJ on VFX. Maybe you've tried to game the system and Netflix is suffering when they said they're going to crack down on people sharing, but haven't heard the words necessarily out of anybody else, and maybe you mix and match and share, but everybody has at least one. That being said, it is really, really frustrating you see a commercial for a show and you go oh man i think that looks really great on apple tv great one of the five that i don't have well 
It's unfortunate. I guess I'm never going to see that one. So I can definitely understand having a little bit of apathy towards streaming services being worn out. So for the game, Am I Crazy? The voicemail is... <laughs> Am I crazy? I mean, I don't have any streaming services because I just don't want to pay. I don't want to have all that money for 100 services. Um, I don't think that's practical. <laughs> um, if it was all one service, maybe, but there are just too many. And the answer is, I feel yes and no. Not to have any, I feel like, is kind of nuts in this day and age because, well, I may, maybe that's just uh, maybe that's just me being brainwashed by how many streaming services we are, but you probably grew up with Netflix. Maybe you had Hulu. There's uh, packages for those that I think are pretty friendly. Disney Plus has a couple of packages that are pretty friendly as well. Um, you know, got an Amazon service. You pick up Prime for free. Couple of those, yeah. I think it's a little bit. I think it's a little bit nuts in this day and age. Now, if you went back and canceled all of them because you were sick of it, okay, fair. But the no part of it is, where does it end? Because again, I, I feel like so Prime has a really good collection of I feel like older movies and their stuff is a little bit more unheralded for the stuff they're creating. Netflix is constantly trying to crank out new stuff, and if, man, you like trash TV. Netflix, Disney Plus, uh, Marvel, Star Wars fan, enough said. Like, that's where you're at. And then all the rest of them, I don't know. Like, they create actual TV shows. Apple Plus, I got to be honest, I don't have it. Feels like it creates the best shows. If I'm breaking them down for you one by one, feels like a lot of the shows on there are super good. Not an Apple product user, do not have Apple Plus. But if your answer is you just, you're sick of it because you're like seeing all of them, you're just like, I'm just not going to deal with any of these. I can understand that. I certainly could. In this day and age, though, it's hard for me to be like, you don't have one? One? Now, if you manage to work out some kind of deal where you just happen to have the logins for everybody else's, kudos to you. So you could just have access to it without it because, yeah, I'm on board with that. Because how else are you going to track these down? There's, there's no way. You have to be insane to have the actual paying login for five of these, four of these. I think we've got three. We trade two others. That's good enough for me. But, it's only a matter of time. I mean, they continue to come up. Paramount Plus, Apple TV, Amazon, Disney, Netflix, Hulu. They just don't stop, man. They don't stop. <sighs> Take a deep breath. I saw something yesterday I thought was nuts and borderline illegal. I Googled it to double check. But the thing is, it was not the craziest thing I've ever seen operated on a road before. I don't know that fork trucks are supposed to be on the road is something I would have said yesterday. And then I saw one. And then I went to Honk, and then I was like, well, I don't know if I'm supposed to or not. Ames with AJ on VFX. Let me be very honest with you. I'm pretty quick on the horn. And I was like, well, I don't know that he's supposed to be here. He's not driving that far. This more feels like when I get annoyed, I get stuck behind a tractor. So I Googled it. And apparently in some states, in some cases, as long as you have all the right things, yeah, they can be on the road. I'll have the picture on our Facebook for the poll of the day, Utah's VFX. And I was like... Okay, uh, weird. Where Where is this fork truck going? But regardless, I was like, okay, that's kind of nuts. Not the craziest thing I've seen. I When I was in Las Cruces, New Mexico, I thought until I got to Utah, the worst drivers in all of the country. And I one time was driving home and I saw a lady in a wheelchair driving on the road turn right down a one-way road that was going the absolute wrong way after legitimately the intersection before watching someone run a red light 
and nearly T-boned somebody else. And I was like, I need to get, I need to get the heck out of here. I don't know what is happening, but this is not safe for me. I do not feel good about this. And by the way, Las Cruces, New Mexico is the only place I've ever driven up a ramp and gone through a puddle and almost hydroplane. And I was like, that doesn't physically make sense. How is it possible there's a puddle on a ramp going up? How does that happen? And I'm not at the bottom, like on the ramp. Like I was going up at the incline and I was splashed. I was like, wait, what? What? Anybody be able to beat that? The wheels, that whole double intersection, right by my work, by the way, I went through that section. Not like I'm wandering into a weird part of town. I was like, never again. I had to drive that way every day to and from work. And I was like, this feels terrible. This is a main road here. Why is this happening? Ah, what is the weirdest thing you've seen try to operate on the road? Because the forklift just gave me, just brought back all those memories. Like, oh, too much. Oh, I can't stand this. I'm going to walk places. Utah's VFX on our Facebook, the Thermo Fisher poll today. While we're on the subject of hitting the road, as it were, um, if you're going to move away, let me just say that there are some interesting conversations going to be had with your family, which we will get to. I want to have a follow-up to Florida or not, though, because yesterday, if you missed it, there was a woman who got busted for a DUI, and her defense was, no, 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 I drive these stairs all the time. I think I can actually beat that. <laughs> Kind of hard to argue against the DUI charge when you drive on a pair of stairs, set of stairs, flight of stairs outside a police station, as was the case yesterday in Florida. Not Abs with AJ on VFX. Like, what's your explanation? You can't be like, oh, I magically got lost. And I was like, I think the road comes up here somewhere. And I say that and made those jokes yesterday only to say that once upon a time I did, did end up off the road and thought, oh, the road's going to come up here somewhere. When I first moved to Las Cruces, I, of course, had no idea. It was the first time I had actually moved from home. And, like, really early on into trying to get out to work, there was a road that on my GPS was finished, in real life was not, and that seems not fair and illegal. Like, how is that a thing that can happen? So I went to turn on the road, and it is nothing. Like, it is dirt. They have torn this whole thing up. It's in an area where they're throwing up houses and I'm on it, and you, you, the logical person, the intelligent person would go, hey, AJ, maybe, just maybe, maybe, just maybe, we ought to stop, turn around, and then, like, reset this, because this road's here. And I thought, nah, this will show up at some point. So I'm driving, fishtailing everywhere, because it's just, it's just dirt. There's nothing there, and I'm in a, in a Hyundai accent. Nothing with traction, just moving around. And all of a sudden, I come up, to the edge of where they're still building the houses but haven't finished building the road yet because they haven't old opened this particular cul-de-sac. And there's people, there's there's construction workers at the end of the road, they're just standing. And I stop and I go, oh, yep, I should probably turn around. And I they had to have been standing there like, this, this idiot? Like, what was, what was his first clue that he shouldn't have been here? Maybe the fact that there's no road? It took him a couple minutes to get over. What was he doing? So, of course, they did what any normal person would be to do snarky, and they stuck their hand out the road, and they waved at me, to which I didn't have anything to do back. I was like, I'm new here, whatever. Stuck my hand out the arm in the window and waved right back as I busted a U-E and went go back and figure out how in the heck to get to work. But I was like, wait, are they really allowed to put up a road on the GPS? Like, do you think nowadays, right, they'll tell you if there's a speed trap. People can report it. They'll ask you to confirm it. But what was that? 2015 yeah 15 
I, there was a road there that didn't exist because of that and solely that, not my stupidity. Let's let's drop the part that I should have turned around right away. I drove on it and I had the whole thought the entire time, the road will come up here at some point, right? It has to be. If I just keep driving, eventually I'll run into some more black top or cement. I'll find it. Uh, put that on Florida. I didn't get arrested. I don't know that that's illegal. But yeah, that could have been on Florida or not. <laughs> Speaking of hitting the road, as you said... When it comes to moving for the first time, understandably, friends, but especially family, are going to be bummed out about that. And we can all understand that. But we need to come up with a set of rules on how to handle this. Because the expectation of, oh, you'll just like come back every holiday needs to stop. It really does. Thank goodness those that ever move away from me are just going to spend every ounce of their vacation or personal days just coming back for my convenience. Yeah, it sounds ridiculous when I say it that way, but family, let's chill on people coming back for the holidays. Ames with AJ on VFX. Here's the one piece of advice I give to anybody that's moving away from home for the first time, probably post-college. Like college, it's one thing. But say like you finish your degree here at Utah State and you decide to pursue an opportunity that takes you out of the state of Utah like somebody related to me is going to. And I tell them the exact same thing every time. I say be prepared because your family's going to ask you to come home for sure for Thanksgiving and Christmas the first year, both of them. My family did the same thing. Happened to my brother. It's going to happen to my sisters. It happens to everybody. And I get it. Look, 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 look. Just because I have a detachment from a big chunk of my family doesn't mean I don't understand the importance and love or whatever of normal families. That being said, again, can we focus on the whole concept of someone moving to somewhere new, building a life, potentially meeting new people, wanting to explore the new area of the country, and then everyone be like, but you're going to come home like every chance you get, right? Because... Why would you leave? Well, obviously there was a better opportunity. That's why they bolted. Now, the problem with me is my first time moving away from home, I moved to New Mexico and I didn't go home for Thanksgiving. We had a plan to get together as a family, which I took part in, and I did go home for Christmas because I had nothing going on and I promised I would. And then that was bad because then, of course, the next one, like, you're going to do that again. And I was like, yeah, about that. I'm going to get let go and come home. So, yeah, I will. But then after I moved to Utah, I was like, no, do not expect this every year because, you know, I'm not going to spend all of my vacation time to just come home because there's also this amazing thing where planes and cars also can come out to the places that I live. It's weird, but I figured out that planes don't just go home to Indiana. It's, you can fly out to Utah, too. And my family didn't take too kind to it because I kind of explained it in that exact way because I was a little bit annoyed about it, that the notion that I was going to be the one that comes home all the time. But that's why we're addressing this and standardizing this because, again, family member, well, someone related to me expected to leave, got the exact same thing that I warned them about, and they Kudos to him said, uh, probably not. Like, I'm going to a new area. I'm going to spend some time there. Not to mention I'm in a relationship, so that means there's a whole other side of the family that I have to divvy up some time with. And, you know, sometimes you kind of want to do things by yourself as a couple. Crazy, I know. Eh? All of this stuff, foreign concept. But how it goes. I mean, I remember talking to a coworker here who is a uh, grandparent. I was asking him about that, and I was complaining about my family because I was uh, getting some harassment at that point about family being like, oh, you should have a grandbaby. 
And the whole idea was, one, yeah, they, of course, want one because every parent does. But, two, they were thinking that it was going to require me to fly home more. And the coworker immediately was like, yeah, that's the rule. They got to come they gotta come see the grandparents. Otherwise, we're not going to see them. And I'm like, how does that make sense? They have a baby, and the notion is they have to come home. Like, you can you can fly out there and help out, too. You know, Yeah, your legs ain't broke, and the wallet ain't closed. That's all I'm going to say. And that's the rule we're establishing, that it should go a little bit more 50-50. All that being said, we'll move to more of my favorite parts of, of my relationships, which is, of course, the significant other and siblings. But here's the deal. So everyone at some point, most most people, I don't want to say everyone, most people at some point have made the commitment saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat healthier. I'm going to work out. At some point, you probably had a stretch where you decided to try and commit to that. But what happens when you make that commitment with a partner and then the partner can't hold up their end of the deal? You're out, right? You can welch on that agreement. Friend of mine made a promise to his wife, and now she can't uphold her end of the bargain. So he's like, I should be able to cheat. And I'm like, yeah, that totally makes sense to me. I mean, why should he hold up his end of the diet when she can't do it either? Abe's with AJ on VFX. It's the debate at eight. They made a promise at the beginning of the year, and I totally get it because accountability, man, right? If you have someone else to do it with you, it's much easier to accomplish that. So they're going to eat healthier, and they're going to work out. And then they found out they were pregnant. So huge congratulations. But, of course, she's going to have all the cheat meals and cravings of whatsoever. So he was like, okay, next year. Like, rain check on this. We'll come back to it in 2023 because we have the baby. And she's like, no, no, no. I think you should uphold it. And he's like, that's not fair. And I'm with him. Why should he have to live up to the diet when you're not? And I know. I know, right? There's un- there's circumstances that are going to have her eating whatever, and probably having some concoctions that she's never had before, but she all of a sudden get a craving for like wings or whatever, or French fries or whatever it is, and he got to stop and help her out to pick it up. He doesn't get to partake of that? Baloney! Look, consolidation here in, in support. There's a reason why fellas, that they generally pick up some own pregnancy weight of their, their own, is because they hang out with their wives and they're like, yeah, you're going to have that, I want some too. Do it! I'm solely on board with this. I don't think he should have to sit there eating a salad whilst drooling and staring at the fact she's got a triple bacon cheeseburger or whatever else. I'm just picturing, see, all my cravings are coming out here, so I couldn't uphold that into the bargain whatsoever. I don't think that's absolutely fair what's at all. I think that they consolidate, like, we'll do it as a team. We're going to eat junk as a team while you, uh, while you get ready to have the baby, and then post-baby, we're on it, right? You get your recovery, you physically get all good to go, we'll get everything settled, the routine kind of sorted out with the baby, boom, back on diet. It's going to have to be postponed a few months. That's absolute <laughs> That is crap. That is unfair as far as I'm concerned. It's like, it's like oh, I'm going to go on this roller coaster. Oh, man, I can't, I can't go because I'm not tall enough. Well, you can't go either. What? No, like, I'm going to go. Like, that's not fair at all. That's actually probably a bad example because one person can't go. But either way, the point is... I, my first time about that, I was like, dude, no, I, I don't think that's fair at all. I don't know how you're going to do it. Like, I don't have the willpower to be able to hold up and be like, oh, okay, yeah, you eat everything in front of me, and I'm going to be able to hold off on that. <laughs> no, absolutely not. So from some of my favorites from Significant Hudson, yesterday was National Sibling Day, and since I let family have it a little bit, it seems fair to kind of go back and release some of the ones I like. But the interesting thing is, Here's the question for you. As a sibling, oldest, middle, youngest, which spot is the best to be 
Yesterday, before National Sibling Day, being the oldest, I felt like the most appropriate thing to do was to ignore it and then come back the day afterwards when somebody's paying a little bit less attention and then talk nice about my siblings because mom made me do this. AMs for AJ (laughs) with AJ on VFX for the debated eight. Now, a a survey was done on what's the best, oldest, middle, youngest, and the correct answer, regardless of what the survey says, is that it's youngest. 36% voted for oldest, and there are definitely benefits, don't get me wrong, uh, you set the, you get to be the one who actually figures out who you are, where everybody else has to fight against it. Which thing that blew my mind will come against. Come back to that. Thirty-one percent was second with youngest, but it's youngest when it was just me and my brother because he's three and a half younger than me. He was the one that never got in trouble. And then my sisters came along. Uh, they're a year and a half apart. They came eleven years later. My youngest sister Rosie, she absolutely gets away with everything. She's impossible to get in trouble. She is one hundred percent the baby, and that's benefit right cruising now as the oldest of four i will tell you the one thing that is an absolutely benefit the actually major downside real quick is the fact that you're always in trouble like i've gotten in trouble for things my siblings did that i wasn't involved in and then i'm supposed to know better and like tell them and be the leader and i'm like i wasn't there that has legitimately happened multiple times that sucks but you get to figure yourself out and kind of be you And unfortunately, the younger ones have to kind of buck that trend because everyone assumes that they're kind of the same. So for my brother, I always felt a little bit bad for him afterwards when I realized, but like we had a lot of the same interests. I played lacrosse. He played lacrosse. I was in band. He played band. I was in radio and TV. He was in radio and TV. And so he leaned into it early because everyone was like, oh, that's AJ's little brother when he first got in high school because I graduated and he was in the next year. But then at the end of his first year, he was finally like, no, I actually kind of hate this because I want to be my own person. And I feel like he went super hard the other way. And I feel like my little sisters get it two ways because my oldest sister obviously influences the thoughts that my youngest sister gets. But they also get the, the stuff from my our family about being like us because, for instance, my oldest sister is kind of uh, – like me, we're kind of aloof sometimes. Like we're just n- not always there. Our brain's kind of always wandering. But my youngest sister's actually more like me in terms of attitude because like she's the one that just goes coat. Like she's hard to get a hold of at times. And I feel bad because they get it inside, but then they also get it from me and my brother. Like, oh, you're like your brother's like this. And you would think after enough time, right, especially in those teenage years where you're, you're kind of trying to find your own thing. And so everyone's finally like, hey, by the way, you're like this. You do this. You do this. Kind of gets annoying, right? Because you're like, I'm. that's great, but also I'm not that. So let's see around that, right? Let's try that on for size. So that being said, I think the best way to finish this while acknowledging all that is to say that uh, my brother is one of the most fearsome planners who has always had a vision for himself and executed it no matter what has said. Uh, my oldest sister, I think, is probably the bravest because she, I think, is in a way a lot more different than all the rest of us and has had no problem carving her own path despite what other people have said and figuring things out on her own despite people wanting to put us all in a box of siblings. And for my youngest sister, I think for her, really the thing I would say is that uh, I think she's probably the smartest. She learned uh, the fringes of what she could get away with and how to handle things within our family a long, long time ago. She is way more intelligent in handling that than I ever was or would have been. So love them all. Happy National Siblings Day.
the debate today on VFX. I'm excited, getting ready to go on vacation, and I stumbled across some packing tips. And I thought, okay, I'll bite, I'll bite. This should be useful, right? Blow my mind. Yes, it is. Saving us all room for the vacations we all desperately want to get on. Look, let's face facts. We all could use a little bit of help when it comes to packing. You may say, no, 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 AJ, I got it figured out. You're a liar. We all have our shortcomings somewhere, whether it's packing too many things, whether it's waiting until the last second, or whether or not it is somehow, despite the fact that you're someone who wears clothes multiple days in a row, whenever you go on vacation, for some reason, the thought crosses your mind, you know what, I maybe, maybe, just maybe, I ought to pack like 14 t-shirts, because who, like one may burst into flames, and I'll fall in mud, and I may need three in one day. I don't know what it is, when I pack, that's how I think. Ames with AJ at VFX, and when I was listed packing tips, okay, and there's some usual ones, they'd be like, yeah, whatever, make a list, leave extra space, cool. Though it says in there that it says so you don't hit the airline's 40-pound limit. Now, I don't know if this has changed since I last went on a flight, which would have been last year sometime, but I swore it was 50. If they shrank it by 10, I'm going to have a problem. Your boy going to end up on Florida or not. Uh, wear your heavy side as possible. That's right. Take jackets, whatever. Bring them with you. So you don't have to pack them necessarily. I think that The one that got me is the clothes thing, right? So roll them. Don't fold them. And I feel like that's a simple concept, but nobody's ever said that to me before. Because how do I put them in my dresser? I fold them. And I lay them there, and that's where they go. But for the roll them. It says they save space. I'll get a shot. <laughs> the thing that gets me, how much do you really think that clothing provides like a, a brace. Like so if you were to buy something, right? Cuz you know, you go somewhere, especially you go somewhere international, you're going to you're going to get some souvenirs. So of course, some stuff you get is fragile like Ashley and I one of the things we like to collect is Christmas ornaments. Anytime we go somewhere, we like to get a Christmas ornament. And so, you know, that's fragile and it'll come in like a box, maybe a little tissue paper, hopefully some bubble wrap. So there's a little bit of protection there. So the thing we do when we buy that or maybe a bottle of wine is you wrap it up in like a shirt or stuff and then I always like to try and put down a layer right next to the the whatever the outside case is. You put down a layer of clothes, then it's wrapped in something, you put it in there, and then you try and stabilize it in place. But like realistically, like I'm thinking like that's that's solid. That's borderline bulletproof. When in reality it's probably not doing much, right? Right, can we can we can admit that to each other now? Uh, and then one of the other things, and I said this to start, one of the other tips is go easy on the just in case items. Most people overpack that way, and I, look, I'm gonna try, but for some reason, even though I wear like four or five t-shirts a week, I'm gonna need like four or five a day while I'm on vacation for whatever reason. My biggest one for the longest time was shoes. I used to I used to pack so many pairs because I was like, well, I don't know what I want to wear. There's these if we're just hanging out. Of course, I want something that's practical I can walk in, and these are a little bit dressier. What finally stopped it, and bless her heart, she was being a little bit mean about it, but it worked. I was dating a girl in college. We were going to her her parents' house for the weekend, and she lived in Indiana, too, of course. I'm from Indiana. It's like two hours away, and I brought like six pairs of shoes for me for a weekend trip. Like, we're going in Friday, staying there Saturday, leaving sometimes Sunday. She's like, what? I was like, I don't know what I'm going to wear. And my thought process, too, was like, we're not going that far, so we're just driving. I've got the space to do it. But then after that, I was like, this is this is a bit ridiculous. I may get three on vacation, and I'm leaving for two weeks. It's probably going to be two. It's probably going to be something comfortable to just walk around when we're just kind of hanging out, and then obviously walking shoes. 
And that'll be the extent. Maybe in dress or your pair of shoes, we think we're going to go somewhere nice, and that'll be the three. That is it. Maybe, just maybe, though, helped you out when it came to packing. I know it gave me something to think about. It'd probably take a few trips for this all finally to set in, but fingers crossed. To be packed is about organizing, right? Saving space. That's what Park Narc's about. It's the complete opposite. Have you voted for the most annoying Parker already this week? You know in those movies was that character who's like probably like a scientist or someone who's doing some research because the world's on the line. Abe's with AJ at VFX. They've got like a cup of coffee and maybe a cigarette in their hands and like sort of shaking. And someone asks a question and they just pop off and they're like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've been going at this for 50 hours straight trying to figure this out. That's how I feel, but it's not the exhaustion. It's just being worn out from how many people park incorrectly in Park Narcs. Like, we're going on, like, the fourth year of doing this, and it's not getting any better. Nominee number one, close enough. This is someone who who apparently clearly failed the parallel parking part of their driver's license test. And what's so obnoxious about this and why it is so annoying is are they technically in the way? Not really because there's a bike path there and they're out there. Closer to the curb, so they're not in the way of traffic going through. However, there's clearly more than enough space for them to back up or to pull out and set it up again because there's a a car and a half length, I think, maybe a car and a quarter. But there's more than enough space. It's not a tight squeeze of parallel park, but they just decided the 45 degrees with their back tire checking the curb, that's good enough. That's good enough. And they they got the space to do it. Or nominee number two, which I admit is annoying, especially if you're the one who gets blocked in. You're here for a minute, right? This SUV has pulled in, parked in front of a driveway, and there is a car in it, but it's at night, maybe a little snow on the ground, maybe it's a holiday festivity, somebody said it was cool. Now, heaven forbid, that's one of my that's one of my least favorite things about that time of the year in particular, if it is like a Christmas party, is making sure that I don't get boxed in because there's something you know about me. It's the fact that I'm never going to be the last one at a family get-together. 100% never going to happen. So I am never going to park in a driveway at a family event because I know I'm going to get blocked in. And I don't really want to draw attention to when I want to bounce. So I'm definitely going to be willing to park two blocks away and walk to make sure that when it's time to kind of sneak out, say goodbyes, and kind of duck out, it's going to happen. It's just flat out going to happen. In this situation, I'm the one in the driveway, and I'm like, no, it's time to leave. Whose SUV is that? All right. Who's SUV at that? Because I need to go. <laughs> Which one is the most annoying? The one who blocks the driveway or the one that is so lazy despite the fact they had all the space in the world with to operate when it came to parallel parking? Nominee one, nominee two. Look for yourself on our Facebook page pinned to the top or Instagram, both Utah's VFX. VFX's Facebook roulette, something awesome to share on Utah's VFX. So you can continue to go to that page and find interesting things like tips and laughable memes and polls to vote on and ridiculous parking, which in fairness may make you a little bit angry and that's totally fair, but you're supposed to kind of comment back and be like, hey, listen here, jerks, don't do this. This is why you suck. And forgive me, occasionally a place for nerds as well, because the post I landed on was shared by Whitney Cobridge. And it is a bunch of bookshelves slash movie shelves that are in the symbols of superhero symbols. And I'm not saying that I'm salivating a little bit, but I, I might be. I, I honestly might be. These are these are awesome. Though I will say, when you get to the Spider-Man one, kind of impractical, right? Like, don't get me wrong. It looks cool as heck. But if the idea is to be able to store some stuff, it kind of... Does it fit that purpose? But you'll see. I'm sharing on our Facebook page, Utah's VFX. 
across all social media, anywhere podcasts are, uh, YouTube and Twitch as well for the after show coming up about 1030. The AJ Night for myself across all social media. Um, stay warm. Stay safe out there. Luckily, supposed to be decent the rest of the week, which is great with Cinco de Mayo coming up Thursday. And um, be patient on the horn. I don't feel comfortable saying that because it's generally not my philosophy, but it was the right call yesterday. I almost honked at that fork truck thinking, you're not supposed to be here. But after Googling it, he was okay. So a <laughs> little bit of patience. Other than that, uh, don't do anything I wouldn't do. Thanks for listening to AMs with AJ on VFX. And have a good morning.